Hello and welcome to the Back Five podcast. I'm Kieran and I support Everton. I am Sam and I'm currently a Cheltenham Town fan. <laughs> I'm Sean and I'm currently a Malaga fan. I'm Will and I support a team that our owners decided to change us to red, but yet they're smaller snakes than uh, the whole of the Premier League top six combined, Cardiff City. I'm Sam and I'm currently a free agent searching for a new team to support. Any info, hit me up. <laughs> well, there's another one in Liverpool you could look at. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I think um, good. Well, obviously this week we're going to dominate the conversation with a talk of the European Super League. And I'd just like to say, I am so angry to see six teams from the Premier League sign up to a contest that separates themselves from fair competition. Teams like Leicester have earned their place to compete at a high level through smart signings and smart sales. What gives the rich six the right to decide that they deserve a place in the best competition for the rest of time, regardless of current achievements, completely? If you notice how they've marketed it, they've said 12 of the Europe's leading clubs. They're not Europe's best clubs. They're Europe's best backed clubs. And it's a farce that they think they can get away with these money-grabbing antics as if grassroots football suffers so much after COVID. As soon as the first team backs out of this stupid competition, the rest of the league has enough votes to kick the five out of the league. If they want to get back into the English pyramid, they start at the bottom in the ninth tier. That would be insane. I've never felt so far away from modern football, and I'm just so frustrated with it right now. Yeah, it is just disgraceful. Um, and I mean, as a fan of one of those clubs, it, it's just horrible to see, really, after supporting them for so many years. And I know, obviously, Sam and Tottenham. Uh, Sam supports Liverpool. Wait, no. Sean supports Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, no, not Sam and Tottenham, don't worry. Um, Blasphemer. It's just... I, just can't, I still can't get my head around it, to be honest. It, it's just horrible. It's just money talks, really, is all there is to say about it at this moment in time. Yeah, I mean, as a Liverpool fan, we I know FSG run our club as a business, not a... Like, we're not a club to them. We're a money-making machine, almost. You're a business, really. Yeah, well, it, it, they are the same company that did once write an article titled something along the lines of how to turn fans into customers. Oh, God. But going into something like this and throwing out the window of like, all the history of the club mm. like if Bill Shankly saw this happening there would yeah. be hell to pay because he was very open to the fact that he's like he was a big socialist like it kind of goes against the morals of the city the yeah. club the um, they're just using it to make money really I think I it's mean- appalling uh, especially for Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool's getting separated with their local rival. At least, like, Man United and Man City are still together. Chelsea and Spurs, to an extent, Arsenal. But, like, you're getting separated from... Th- like, that's a big thing every year. The, yeah. The, the, the Derby. And it just... It, it, I mean, depending on how this goes ahead, it might not happen anymore. I mean, I'm sure they try and find a way to make it go ahead. But then, let yeah, again, it's just another way to make money, isn't it? So... I saw something that was like, I think, Liverpool have left the... East here, which is like the European Club Association. So it means yeah, yeah, exactly. And it means they just can't re-enter the Champions League basically ever again. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going off to the reality is that they never were planning to to sort of stay in the Champions League once this had got filed off. Anyway, they've signed the contracts, and ultimately, even if they do do turn back on their decision and there are going to be massive ramifications for what they've done regardless. I mean, the ECA has literally a a whole new board um, of executives, members and everything like that. The Champions League's just pushed through the new new proposals for the competition in the next few years. So the reality is there's, there's been so much that's just changed over the past two days that even if the clubs turn around and say, oh yeah, you know, we've decided against it, the amount of damage that this is going to cause football on every single level regardless. Because it's not just a case of, oh yeah, welcome back. It's a case of, we don't trust you. You've got five men now, or you know, five men in boardrooms who cannot wait for the next moment to try and get a Super League through to the point where they would jump at it. If everyone was on board, they would completely jump at it anyway, but they will be looking for any sort of opportunity, even with the backlash, to still keep it going um, because the amount of money that's on ta- the table is going to talk. The sad thing is, the reality is, owners don't 
although they own football clubs, they don't own football clubs. Mm. They are a custodian in time in rega- regards to the fact that they may be there for 30 years and that's it. The clubs have been around before them. The clubs will be around after them, providing that they don't absolutely ruin the institution of the club itself. So the reality is it's not their club. They just are looking after that club for a set period of time. And they're taking them down this route that is alienating the very foundation of what the club was built on, what Liverpool Football Club was built on, you know, what Manchester United Football Club was built on. The sad thing is Manchester United, a club with so much history, obviously they had the plane crash in Munich. Their players went out to Europe to play for their fans and they ended up dead. And now that same club built upon that history is yeah. rallying at the forefront to try and break away from Europe so that they can get more money and completely ignore the fans that built the basis of the club as is. Exactly. It's absolutely yeah. shambolic. Mm. Um, um, can I just jump in? The yeah. statement's just come out from the other 14 teams. and It's uh, the 14 clubs at the meeting anonymously and vigorously reject the plans for the new competition. Premier League is considering all actions available to prevent it from progressing. The thing, the thing is about the Premier League, I mean, th- there's two situations with the Premier League now. Um, if it does go ahead, if the ESL does go ahead, one, the teams stay there and they have a complete domination. And I'm talking like, obviously, there's been times where the top four and the top six are, you know, there, they're, they're, they're very difficult to get into. But this would be 300 million investments every year. This would be completely isolated from the rest of the league. That's one scenario. The other scenario is that they take all the good players, all the investment away from the British, the, the English league, and you just like and just yeah, stagnate. Well, well, the reality the is, it's going to be the exact same, the same bubble as the Premier League. We all we all say, you know, you could argue the Premier League's a bubble compared to the other leagues in Europe because the amount of money that we've got in this country. Mm-hmm. So whenever you buy from abroad, there's always a tax. Whenever you play, bring a player in, you always have to pay him double the wages because your whole club has that amount of money and everyone knows what you've got. So you'll end up with all those clubs in the Super League. Mbappe will be pay, you know, you'll be buying him for 400 mil off PSG. You'll be paying these extortionate rates because everyone knows exactly how much money you've got and you'll have so much money that you can just throw it all away because JP Morgan are going to guarantee you even more money because they're going to make so much money off this that they can just keep spinning billions and billions around the cycle and it's going to work for everyone because there is this for some reason there is this whole fandom in other countries other than in this country where these clubs were built and based upon and the social institutions of the working class, the middle class, the upper class, wherever you are, the, the football club plays a massive part in everyone's life in this country. No one in their right mind can say that they haven't been influenced by a football club. Whether or not they support football, whether or not they play football, they all have impacts on every single community across this yeah. country. But yet, that's been completely ignored because someone 7,000 miles away would be willing to pay £20 for a pay-per-view to go and see their team. Or someone in America would be willing to go and fill out a 100,000 seat stadium and pay £400 a ticket just because they're called Manchester United. It's exactly. absolutely shambolic and it just it shows absolutely everything that's not just wrong with the whole of fo- football at the minute, but the whole of society when it comes to money. It's how can I get more money? No matter what yeah. you do, you completely forget your roots and you just go straight for the money. And the reality is that it's absolutely shocking. And I hope whoever has that idea that that is great never gets a night's sleep again because the reality is that is absolutely harrowing for anyone involved with a football club. And the thing is as well, like, obviously, even if, even if okay, this all doesn't go through and return to, I would say, normality, but... Uh, they stick with the Premier League and Super League to polish. Even then, the legacy of these top six teams is going to be ruined because, like, yeah, but you, you can't have, say, Liverpool come out and say, you know, you'll never walk alone or we're a club of the people, yeah. we support our people. Uh, Manchester United, you know, they, they should never be able to associate themselves with Sir oh, Matt yeah. Busby ever again. Ultimately, everything yeah. that he said, they just completely go against. Any values that mm-hmm. their previous managers had, Liverpool with Shankly, Paisley, any of the managers that have come before them, they can never be associated with them again because the values that these football clubs don't represent their previous managers in 
any way whatsoever. Ultimately, they've kind of, all these owners have kind of just shown their true colours, and and like even if, as I said, if this doesn't go through, I don't know what I'm going to think. Obviously, I love Spittle. Well, not not right now, but like I I do. Yeah, well, yeah, this, this, this is the thing. The reality but... is we, we all have an addiction to football and football clubs. It's not some sort of love that you can just sort of turn off or turn on. It's exactly. a case of we feel now that we are being pushed out to the extent where our love is getting extinguished for those clubs. Exactly. And that doesn't mean that we're falling out of love with those clubs. It means it literally feels like we're being pushed away from them. And that's like the saddest thing because the reality is you are going to have in this country probably say 40 million people affected by that and there will be a large number of those people that don't know what the hell to do with their Saturdays yeah. anymore they don't know what to do with their life because the reality is football exactly. is outside of you know sort of work and family is the biggest thing in this country for the large majority of the population football exactly. is such a massive sport that it's not some sort of drop in the water impact and the reality is it's just truly shambolic the way that they've gone about this and it, mm -hmm. it just rips apart the whole institution yeah. of football and the reality is the understanding i think we've all known even even you know me being a Cardiff city fan i know full well that you know they look at my club as a business and that's completely fine to me i can completely understand that but then there's got they Previously, there was this understanding amongst owners that didn't have everything set out that they wanted everything that benefited them. That, yes, we can be a business, but we are still an institution of history that we have to respect. Yeah. There is no problem with making £400 million a year as long as you respect the foundation and institution of that football club, which has allowed you to do that. It's like you can go out sell a million you know a million shirts to asia yeah completely fine we love the fact that you know i wouldn't have any issue if someone from asia you know a million shirts supporting the club that i love that's brilliant but then to tear the soul out of my club for money no no that's yeah. that's too far that's way too far that's if, just completely scandalous if this goes ahead and if this does go ahead in five years those clubs won't be those clubs anymore there'll be shells of that club with the right color shirt and the right they already are the they already are but, they'll have point. pez names we'll have merseyside blue manchester and, devils uh, but it's just yeah i just and like i know this like because like if you look at the chinese super league and stuff like that when they try and invest loads of money this is essentially a continuation of that in my head it, it's just yeah, well, this, this is, is this a way of getting money. We just push these together because they, they, that it's just taking advantage of a fan base, and it. But like to an extent that like I mean, hiking up prices for tickets has been going on for years. I don't know. And I but did. but this is a level where it's you have to go on a world tour every season to watch your own exactly. team play. Exactly. Even if you were I've ever got. even if you were a team in this country, you know your team you know, was a team from the so like Liverpool fan and you lived in this country. The reality is that even if you wanted to go and see a team across the country, the chances are you would have no hope. You'd have to pay like £400 a ticket. You'd have to fly out there. Lots of, this is the other thing, right? So these clubs played such a big part in 50,000 fans each week in Anfield's life. The away fans, I feel, I genuinely cannot feel more sorrow for them because the reality is they've spent thousands every single time they've gone away a european trip for a liverpool game sometimes you've got to invest thousands to get across the other mm. side of the world then your tickets yeah. and to keep those tickets you've got to do every single game it consumes your life and they've turned around and they've got no sorry the reality is these are people that have probably spent the best part of almost £300,000 over the course of their life supporting their football club. That yeah. is unparalleled loyalty that you would not get in America. You would not get in Asia. Yeah, sure, they go and watch games at stupid times, and I've got all respect to them for that. But these people in this country, who this club was built on by these people, who have had their lives consumed and have given away life savings to watch have just been brushed aside. And that's the sickening thing because it's not just you and me. It's every single person that's going to get affected by this. And the truth, the people that have devoted their lives to these clubs have nothing left. It's utterly shambolic. Yeah. I mean, one thing I'll add as well. Um, it, I mean, I guess, 
but just before I say that, obviously you've got you. I don't know too well about Anfield, um, but there's I'm pretty sure there's houses like nearby. There's probably Liverpool fans that like go there, like can just get up, go to the pub, uh, go watch the game, and it's it's become a habit. They don't want to go to Saudi Arabia to watch them face off no. against Inter Milan. Anfield and, is surrounded exactly. Like yeah, and if like, you think about you go us, to the match game, the amount of banners and exactly. Even if you don't, this is the thing. Even if you, if you, even if you don't go to the game, you're in and around that community. Exactly. You're a part of that. There will be mi- arguably a million people in that area at that time affected by just one game. Whether that's West Brom, whether that's Real Madrid, whoever that is, that club is such a big institution in this country that it doesn't matter. And the reality is, to turn around and. This, the gravitude of the situation is that James Corden went on his show and actually seemed to speak more sense than Perez, which is like James Corden speaking more sense about football than the president of Real Madrid. He, like, yeah, he, he, he yeah. spoke superbly well on Agreed. the Agreed. I need to have a look at that. I yeah, haven't seen that. He, yeah. he spoke superbly about six and a half minutes. He, he just got it completely bang on. He was trying to explain yeah. to everyone exactly what he meant and he just got got it yeah exactly right i was just going to say this is uh, he, he was talking to the audience that they're trying to appeal to as well he yeah. was specifically talking to the fans that that rail and that city want to bring in yeah and, exactly. and, and he was trying to explain why and i, I think he did it very well that they're not <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i was watching a video earlier and it was saying it kind of made a comparison of okay so in England, you have uh, a certain amount of fans, probably about half the home, at least half, who get have a season ticket, buy a shirt at the beginning of the season, and just go to the games, blah, 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 do the same thing. Or, and then if you compare that to uh, each game being played in a different location, with a different set of fans each time, who, for them, it's like there's one-off experience, so they're going to buy a shirt, they're going to, like, so each game... Like there's gonna be a lot more like shirt sales because no, but this is the thing. The shirt, the thing is, no, but with this model, shirt sales genuinely don't even matter like on yeah, the day or that like, kind of thing. Fans, like, because revenue, the reality I mean. is, the amount of revenue that they can get, and this is the other thing that's bad. I know we all backlashed against, you know, obviously Sky, the whole Sky Premier League pay per view situation. And fifteen pounds. There were people that did pay fifteen pounds. There were people in this country that did pay fifteen pounds. Mm. Then you go and take that to abroad, where people pay ludicrous amounts of money for pay per view anyway. Whether it be boxing, whether it be you know just any sort of sport, they mm. will pay ludicrous amounts of money. And the reality is that you could get it where every single game in that super league costs mm. like twenty dollars, and there will be so many people yeah. that buy that. It's I mean, a case of what would you rather do? Have it in this country where we all rather go. Well, I, I, I could speak for myself. I don't know about you, but I would very much rather go to a game than watch a game. So much rather. Yeah. And I'm going to do that. And I'm not going to be the one that's, you know, buying because you can only get so many people into a stadium. They don't care about how many people get into the stadium. They care about how many people they get watching online from their yeah. homes, from their you know chairs whoever is willing to pay week in week out and make this spinning money ball and that is the worst thing because they couldn't care about the actual game itself or for the betterment of the game or any of this rubbish because the reality is it's a bottom line and it's the money and at the end of the day the money is being provided by over abroad why do you think we've gone on tour to america to india to all these countries for so many times in the past 10 years because the reality is these big tournaments have all been set up by perez and all these big owners john w henry the glazers all to be honest as a test let's be honest they were testing what the fans could really take. It wasn't a case of going out to tour and, you know, improve football over in other countries like, you know, most tours are. It was a case of let's see how much money we can get out of them for tours. Let's see if we can play second string sides and still fill out 100,000 seat stadiums mm. at extortionate yeah. prices. It was all just a test. That's the way that I see it. And I just think that was the smaller bubble, which was then later to come. 
And the reality is that they are just waiting to get into place now. Yeah. And because of COVID, it's just accelerated everything because Perez is just looking at his club's debts and he's extremely worried, but knows full well that he can get everyone else on side just by simply going out and doing this whole Super League. JP Morgan are going to love the idea because they get to just give some money away at the start and then they're going to get buckets loads back. Yeah. Well, and that's exactly the way they work. Realistically, yeah. sorry, uh, yeah, realistically, uh, Florentino Perez, he does not care about football. I mean, he's made these well, statements he's, saying... Yeah, he's saying very he, openly never cared about English yeah, football he's, anyway. Yeah, he said he's here to save football and, you know, this whole Super League is going to save it. And yeah, he's never shown an interest in the Premier League. He only cares because his own club is in debt and this is his way to make some more money and try and save his club. He does well, not care is- about English football. The other statement I found was just quite disgraceful, really, was um, saying that young fa- there are no, there's no interest anymore for young fans. There aren't as many. Oh, it's going I, down. Rubbish, it's a complete lie. He's saying, I'm not being funny, he's saying that on the premise of having, right now, Real Madrid playing their training ground because their stadium is a building site. We can't afford to renovate their stadium. They charge extortionate prices for tickets at their stadium as is. Barely anyone can get tickets because of the supreme demand for a club like Real Madrid. The Football is not dying. He's just looking at the fact that the only people that can get into his club are tourists and fans with loads of money in executives, which is exactly the way that he likes it but he can come around and say oh well we don't have any young you know young fans in our stadium so it clearly isn't any demand no they get priced out of football on a weekly basis at big clubs if you wanted to go to a Chelsea or United you can't get tickets or even if you could you can't afford tickets there are barely any schemes anymore it used to be that it would be a case of certain schools would get a certain amount of tickets that's gone down year on year on year on year because Clubs go, oh, this is an expense that we can get rid of. We can make loads of money if we just sell these tickets instead. And the reality is there will be some clubs lower down the football league where if they actually have an engaging strategy with younger fans, they actually have a very big group of younger fans coming in. And there is a massive group of fans that have all this big interest in football just waiting to go to games. But Mm -hmm. they can't go to games because the clubs they support, the clubs that they've been sort of well, not in doctor to support, but the clubs that everyone wants to grow up and support, they've just not had the opportunity whatsoever. And then it's just filtered down because then the money hasn't filtered down. So the other clubs lower down in the championship are trying to play catch up. And then they see these things as expenses. And it's how the top just making that one decision has then filtered down to the point where everyone else is playing on scraps. And when you play on scraps, you can't encourage other people in because you're surviving for your life. But at the top, they couldn't care less about what their actions come and filter down because they never have done. And that's the utter truth. And it's just a case of they're just going one step further and being utterly shameless. Yeah. As an Everton fan, we might now be in the Champions League next season. I don't want to be in the Champions League. I, I, we don't deserve to be in the Champions League yet. Is, isn't that... I, I, in my lifetime, I've never seen Everton win a, win anything. <laughs> but, and you will not. Yeah, and I'll also but, say as but well. Like, but like, the, the, the fact is, we don't deserve it yet. And that's what football is about. Football is about earning something and getting, getting something you earn. And Everton's on a track where maybe in a few years we could earn Europa League and we could earn Champions League and we could actually progress through football. But they've just taken everything that Everton, everything that Leicester, everything that those teams can fight for, and they've taken it away from us. Exactly. And I'll say as well, obviously, predominantly I am a Spurs fan, but Cambridge is my local team. And Cambridge are looking like we're going to get promoted this season. But so we're like first, second. If all these teams below us are also getting promoted, purely just because automatically, just because there needs to be a certain number of teams go up anyway now that all this is happening, it loses kind of... It feels like we don't deserve it as much because... Oh, I also like that's going to be by, the way, by the way, I also feel sorry for the clubs of fans who will now be having to go up into bigger leagues on the same sort of budgets that they'd be on in League 2 and now will struggle in League 1, will have never got the opportunity to see their team fight for a promotion because the reality is the whole point of football is you're going to love it when you're winning. When you're going through those sort of promotion pushes and those sort of those moments, they're the golden moments in football. And for Leicester, you know, winning the Premier League, the biggest fairy tale, you know, you could argue in the whole country, 
you know, in the last 20 years. And the reality is, if there was no relegation in football, would that ever happen? Would there ever be that sort of clamour? It would be a case of no one would really care that much. The whole point is they had to fight for their lives yeah. to even stay in the league. That's the to thing then as well. stay like... in the league, to then go and win it on merit. Because That's it's not a case well. of... That's, this is yeah because if Leicester won that league the next season and there was no relegation everyone turns around and goes oh well you know you were awful last season you shouldn't even be in the league it's yeah. just everything yeah so I mean uh, it's kind of um, it obviously Chelsea Real Madrid um, and who's the Man City are all in the Super League and PSG aren't so if PSG win the Champions League by default now it again that's not gonna it's gonna lose its Meaning, whereas they, as much as yeah, they probably want to win the Champions League, they don't want to win the Champions League by giving having won it by default. Like no. it takes away the entire feeling. Of it. Like you want, I don't. Well, the reality want, I is, want you remember right. So whenever you win something, you remember the journey. If I was a Leicester fan, I remember the Vardy goal against Liverpool. I remember the wins at the start of the season. Yeah. I remember when they went to City in the City's old back garden and absolutely owned them. And that was the moment from then on that there started to be a real belief. Those yeah. are the games that you remember. You remember the games along. And then the final of it all is that you get to lift that trophy as a recognition of everything that you've yeah. done before. And it's everything that comes before that you remember fondly as a fan. And just take that all out and nothing, there's nothing to football if you take that all out. Exactly. Like, going back to Cambridge, um, like, as I, as I mentioned, like, it's literally a case of uh, uh, the sense of, I, uh, we look like we're going to go up anyway, like, no matter what happens with this whole promotion thing. But if, if, the seven, like five or six teams below us, are going up anyway. It loses its touch, and it it won't feel as good going up. Like it's really frustrating. Yeah. What, what what I think should happen with the Champions League, by the way, is they should have the four teams from the quarterfinals that haven't agreed admitted to this. It should be Bayern Munich, Definitely, Borussia yeah. Dortmund, Porto, and. Um, PSG. And PSG. That should be the semi-finals. They should kick yeah, them. I was. That's yeah, the, the, the argument I was making. Was we should have a, we should have a tournament like we did previously because of COVID, where we had to suspend the Champions League. Those four teams just fight it out and then win, and then at the end of the season we sort of look at this whole situation again yeah. and figure it out. But you know what? In reality, I, I find this absolutely amusing because despite everything that we've gone on about, and obviously it is really going to shake football to its core, and it's truly, truly despicable. I wouldn't really miss those six teams in the Champions League at this point. I think that realistically, if it was a case of you could manage to keep some sort of investment to not, maybe not the same degree, but if you had, you know, still Bayern Munich, PSG, Ajax, lots of big clubs in the Champions League, there's still going to be massive European nights. And the yeah. reality is, this is the other thing that makes it laugh. You know, Real Madrid are a team that Ajax beat a couple of years ago in the semi-final. I mean, Arsenal got held almost in the Europa League you know, well, Arsenal have lost to Olympiacos before. Arsenal ended up having to play Slava Prague just to get through to the next to the next round. Those teams aren't bad teams in European football because it's a one-off sort of game. That's why European nights are so great, and this is why I'm quite an advocate of Europe, uh, international football because you've got all these players just brought together, and the reality is you've got one game, one objective, and anything can happen. I can yeah. understand the argument where league football can get a bit repetitive but the thing is these these games have moments of magic in them and they just are absolutely great games when they you know when everything goes right yeah. but do the top six make those the most moments all right maybe they might impact them but in reality i think they think they've got a bigger influence on football than they actually do because it's not just the top six it's the whole of the pyramid the only issue being that obviously with with the way that football's the institution this whole esl is rattling through the institution of football. And that's the main issue that I've got with this. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I'd be happy to just say, you know what? Get lost. Never want to see you in the pyramid again. Yeah, obviously, uh, I, I, uh, I completely agree with what you said. Uh, I just, um, as obviously Chelsea are in the Champions League semi-finals, it's, it's so odd to have watched this Champions League campaign, all the emotions of it, of watching us get to this stage and for it suddenly just to, just for the plug to be pulled like this, it's just 
I just can't believe it, really. I think, yeah, they should be punished. I think all the top six clubs should be punished. It's just that they deserve it. It's just so unbelievable that this has happened so quickly. And I mean, for us this season, there's a lot of promise and this big, this end of season could have been huge for us. And for it just to end like this would just be unbelievable. But I just have barely any words for it, really. Mm-hmm. I need to I need to recant something that I said last week or maybe the week before. I said that I would like any of the other three teams to win other than PSG. And I, <laughs> I'd like to take that back fairly ceremoniously now. I would like PSG to be all three of the other bloody teams. Yeah. It's just I, like I, I can't believe PSG has come out of this looking like the least money hungry. It's it's well, honestly incredible. I think Will was saying this to me yesterday. Obviously, they've got links to UEFA as well, and they've got yeah. Uh, I think they, I think they've got yeah. Links the, to Qatar the, as well, the, so the reality, the reality, there is a contract. Uh, there's a conflict. Yeah, the other, th- the other thing is that the company that PSG are owned by also own uh, BEIN Sports, and they've just paid a massive amount of money to try and get Champions League football in the Middle East. That's the other thing. They've paid a humongous amount of uh, money because of the size of those rights. So the reality is PSG are one of the ones that are going to come off bad from this because their owners have paid that massive chunk of money. They've got friends with UEFA. They're not going to be able to turn around and say, you know, we can go and join this because the reality is those sort of links in UEFA are too powerful. And obviously then with the German clubs, as much as, look, the, the fact these three clubs aren't in it is great, but they're also, the reality is that I think some of them definitely would go in them if the the, the factors were rock, you know, yeah. the other way around. Obviously, with Bayern and the fifty plus one, Dortmund, same situation. Just with the ownership and everything like that. But I think the reality is that the Dortmund and the the Bayern case also prove how much we needed to make a stance on ownership a yeah. lot sooner. And yeah. I think that that really sums up the incompetency of some governments in you know yeah. trying not to protect their own assets in the football clubs. We'll, we'll go into the 50 plus one rule in a minute, but I would like to say I am not on the side of UEFA and FIFA. They are on the right side of this argument because they happen to be on the right side of this argument. They are not the, rea- good yeah, the reality is it's like they the are enemy lucky of... that this isn't their idea. That's the only difference right now. The, the they're reality, still corrupt. Yeah, the, still... Real, real, the reality is UEFA are literally just the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That is yeah. literally all there is to it. UEFA is now stuff. UEFA is somehow the lesser of two evils in this situation, which goes to show how absolutely out there the ESL is. Because if you're making UEFA look like a company that is standing up for the good of football, the world has gone crazy. As well, we can't forget the fact that the 2022 World Cup is in Qatar. Like, yeah, like it that's already happened, that's already been the case. Yeah, but yeah, but somehow having a a governing body take bribes from countries to then go and uh go and host tournaments that's somehow better than what we're doing here because at least at least in four years' time, you know, the world cup can go somewhere else. But with this 23 year contract, I believe. Where are they going? I, I, w- I would like to say, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that. Like, I, I, I really detest UEFA. I know, I don't get me wrong. I, mean, I, people, I, people, I just think... I, know, I, know, I completely agree with you. Yeah. For, for, the, for the sake of football, I agree with you. Yeah. But, like, people have died making those stages. No, agreed. UEFA agreed. Are, should be ashamed of themselves. And there should be, a, there should, there should be change in UEFA. There needs Ag- to be. Agreed. Because there the, one, a- the one thing I would say, though, is it's... The, with the the deaths and everything else, I'm not backing UEFA on this. No, I know, I know. I, I I have looked into this previously because it is it's such a big number. But this is this isn't a sort of UEFA real issue in regards to the fact that yes, they've they've lighted the spark in regards to giving them the contracts. But with the Qatari government, even their own um, advising body has said to them that sort of the deaths that have been made have to be investigated and the Qatari government have literally just turned around and just written them off like all the deaths are written off if you're like a certain age you're just written off so Mm -hmm. it's not just a case of the Qatari government the the real issue being is that the world leaders aren't opposing what the Qatari government is doing which is basically misreporting deaths of its of citizens from other countries so that's really on the embassies of other countries to put pressure on which they just haven't done but yes uefa did you know spark that up as is yeah i mean i, I was like, you can't really blame uefa for that in in its entirety but uefa have certainly been involved oh, we're not involved yeah. in that but like involved in the, the, rea- the yeah the reality is what uefa did was 
they they're sort of complicit in in the acts that's been happening. Yeah. It's just a case of they don't have the responsibility of the Qatari government, which for all intents and purposes, has even had people within their own government saying that they need to do something about it, but yet they've done nothing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going back to the ESL, I would like to say something else. I said this at the beginning, but they're referenced as leading clubs and it's completely just arbitrary based on finances because Arsenal haven't won anything in the Europe. <laughs> um, I don't know how... And, you know. Four of the clubs haven't won anything in Europe. Exactly. It, yeah. it, it's. I mean, uh, Red Star <laughs> Belgrade have more. <laughs> may May I just 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 to jump in? I've just seen something from the Athletic, and basically, um, with in regards to sort of like play, player power on this issue, um, mm-hmm. all standard Premier League contracts have a clause in them which say that clubs shall observe the rules which are defined as the the statutes and regulations of FIFA and UEFA and the FA rules and leagues. Um, and basically, in theory, meaning that obviously with the clubs leaving, they're completely in breach, uh, breach of clause 611. So all contracts in the Premier avoid. League avoid and players actually do have a significant amount of power on this because their contracts mean nothing the because is, they've broken that clause. If you if you UEFA uphold... Um, I was having a conversation with an Arsenal fan. He said, like, if this goes ahead, we can steal every player. But if you ever uphold the international thing, it's not completely without reason that we're just that they're just going to have a mass exodus from the top six. Yeah, because uh, especially at young players, like if you look at uh, Bakayo Saka at Arsenal, he's not going to stay at Arsenal if he's refused England football. I, I don't yeah, see but young players go? like that. Bakayo Saka is not going to Everton regardless of what happens. To be fair, though, I'm not being funny. The, the situation is that all these play- there are other big clubs. So you could have big players from big clubs who actually want to play football. Pogba could go to PSG. You know, the German players yeah, like, in the Premier League could go to Germany. Not every single player is going to go to Bayern Munich, Dortmund. No, 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 to, no. But, like, agree. but, like, but the thing is, the way that this will... All right, it's not going to be a perfect solution, but in some some sort of ways, the the players that want the money will stay, and they will get extortionate money. They will get far vast, far vaster contracts than they're on right now. Anyway, mm. the players that really want to play international football because they are in the international setup want to stay there. Of yeah. which, all right, I think the Saka argument you can argue against it because Saka, I wouldn't say, is really like a mainstay. But if you're someone like Harry Kane and you really are patriotic and you believe yeah. that the biggest thing in your your you know your career would be winning the World Cup with England, you could turn around, rip your contract up, and go to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, there will be twenty you know twenty England players that need to do that if they actually want to play so I don't think it's going to be like a mass exodus I just think it would be a case of the, the, the top six would become the players that would have gone yeah. to the Chinese so Super League that's, that's what yeah, I was, I was say, say what you're saying is it's literally just becoming the Chinese the uh, new yeah. Chinese yeah, yeah, what, yeah I mean, that's exactly what I, was about to say. I was about to say you know players aren't just about money or to a certain extent I mean not to a certain extent because obviously every well, player would well, play to be the fair, Chinese Super to League. be fair I don't know I, I think the reality is the Chinese Super League is one of these evils where there's got to be a certain amount of money on the line. So I think yeah. it's a case of this will be the real true testament of where players stand in the whole club versus country debate. And I yeah. think there will be some interesting ones if this does go ahead, but I think by and large, it will become a glorified Chinese Super League in regards to the fact that the amount of money that will be tossed around every single year. Yeah. I mean, you could, I was just making this argument, you could end up seeing Carl Walker on a half a million pound a week contract. I don't think that's against the premise with the amount of money that's been thrown around. Mm. I, but like, especially like someone we like talking about on the podcast, I don't think Bale will either stay at Tottenham or Real Madrid if this goes ahead. No, I, I, Speaking I think of podcast I, favorites, Deli Alley, anyone? He's going to no, I, I, if he was given the Let's option, go to I, Ajax, lads. I think his football's peaked. But um, anyway, um, I think so. he's this time. We have, we have. Um, I think we should probably talk about the fifty plus one rule because um, that's something that's a mainstay in in German football, and obviously, uh, is it? Yeah, I didn't know that. But um, it, basically, it's a, it means that fifty fifty one percent or the majority share. It's owned by the owner slash shared by the fans. I don't entirely know. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's basically how the fans have the voting rights for the 51%, yeah, don't they? Yeah, that's, yeah. 
it's, yeah. it's along those lines. Basically, the reality is you can't get anything through unless the fans approve unless the fans it, approve right? of it, or a certain extent. I don't, I don't know if the fans have to vote together or whether it's. Uh, it's got to be fifty-one percent fan owned, I think. Yeah, but what I mean is like yeah, I don't so know if, the, like, if that's the fans if, if, have the majority vote. Yeah, but do they yeah. always? So like, there, there will be fans like on the boards, I would imagine. Yeah. And it's so basically... yeah, but what I'm saying is like, can two percent of the fans turn against the rest of the fans, or is it they will have a vote and then that, I think they will vote there's together? Like a committee of the fans, and they elect yeah. a few people to lead them. Okay. And their vote goes. But okay, that yeah, that makes sense. But like, sure, when they'll also take into account the reaction of the rest of the fans, right? So they won't. Just I, 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 I imagine. I imagine if they didn't like a thousand others. I imagine if they didn't follow the fans rule, they'd get fired and they'd be replaced by a different fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. Like they'd just so, get overthrown and they'd just be yeah. purged or something. But I'm not sure why there'd be a purge. But you get what I mean. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I, like who would be against that in the Premier League? No one. <laughs> because be like, Florentino be Perez. Well, <laughs> uh, but I. It, it doesn't. Every, the, I mean, the only problem I have is that it should have happened. May, may, I, may I also add, just, just with the Glazers, the irony of the fact that Joel Glazer is going to be one of these mainstay uh, chairmen in the Super League, but yet two years ago admitted he couldn't get his head around the offside law. Mm. But this is going to be improving football greatly because they you know they can't understand the offside law but it's yeah, fine. they'll just remove it because he's not got enough brain cells to comprehend it exactly and like, and like I, I, I the other thing about like i don't know about you but i don't always want to see a big team face a big team no, right. there's yeah, something yeah. lovely about Burnley about, yeah. beating Man City. Well, yeah, this is yeah, the thing. Like, the reality is, from, from all my times and experiences, the, the biggest game that I feel like I've ever covered in my life, sort of in a working capacity, was Newport County versus Spurs. Because the reality is that that sort of game encapsulates a whole town, encapsulates a whole area. And it's not just a case of the 10,000 that go or the people that buy tickets. It's a case of, it gets everyone talking for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's this whole idea of like this Royal of the Rovers stuff where anyone on any day, you could be, you know, the reality is we're not going to feel like we match up to Premier League footballers. And, and skill-wise, we definitely don't match up to League Two footballers either. But the reality is with League Two footballers, these are players who earn wages similar to normal working people, similar yeah. to, you know, middle class or lower middle class or just working class people in general. They're people that you can associate with, even with Marine. Marine, let's be honest, you could have a mate playing for Marine, but yet yeah. they go up against Gareth Bale. That is the absolute beauty of exactly. seeing those sort of teams. You can sit in this seat and be in a position where you cannot associate yourself whatsoever with Gareth Bale or any of these megastars, uh, you know, sit lining up alongside you. But yet you can associate yourself directly with players that you may you go for a pint day in the pub with who are playing up against some of the best players in the world. And that's the absolute beauty of everything because no one is better than football. And I think that's the biggest thing about having big yeah. versus small teams. Regardless of a result, no one is bigger than football. And that's the beauty of it all. I mean, uh, when you're watching a match, I, I don't know about you. If, if I'm a complete neutral, I never end up being complete neutral by the end of watching a match. No, I'll no. always pick a side and it will always be the underdog. The They'll underdog be a crunching tackle or make you hate them. Or... Yeah, there'll be something. That, but usually it's the underdog. It's the underdog you want to follow. That That's probably... The, been the same for eons of English football, and well, I mean, that's that's been the same. Will be an that's been the same for at least fifty years, exactly fifty years plus. So, like, there will be an underdog in the ESL. It will be Spurs because Spurs are getting defeated, bottom of the table every then, year. You get just thrashed every time. But then the thing with that is they're not actually like an underdog because it's not like they work, you know, work their socks off to get to that point and this is like their reward. Spurs are just there because they're there. They're just the whipping boys. There's a difference between being an underdog and a whipping boy. A whipping boy, no one's got any, you know, apologies about because the reality is they know what their role is. They know why they're there. The reality with an underdog is they're there because they think they can upset the odds. They've upset the odds so many times before that on merit, and this is the massive thing, they are there on merit. You've got yeah. eighth tier teams there on merit. And just because your Premier League champions can't get there on merit, there's no need to cry about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you look at Marine, the, the, what made Marine v Tottenham so incredible was how well Marine did before that match. If, yeah. if it was just a friendly, no one would care. 
Well, the reality is Marine beat League Two sides that have yeah. given Tottenham games in previous years. Tottenham have had games against League Two sides where they've really struggled. They were so fortunate against Newport County yeah, not exactly. to lose that game. The reality is that these teams, this is the beauty of it. You get humbled by these teams because some days you are just not on it. And these League Two teams could put absolutely every ounce of effort into that one game. And that's the beauty of it all. It's the same thing for the Champions League. All right, sure, it doesn't happen as much because I don't think there's that same mentality abroad as maybe there is in England with with sort of like the underdog story. But for Ajax, you know, a club based on history, they haven't got the play. They didn't have the players of sort of like the Johan Cruyff, etc., that you know has have led them to supreme glory when they had when they were in that you know that cup run when they eventually went out to Spurs. But the reality is they had that history behind them and they had the belief that they could go and do it. And that sort of belief is what got them to that stage. Not some big fancy you know executive board or some massive name with fans who are willing to pay millions of pounds for shirts every single year, a basis of a club of people representing a city and representing them Mm -hmm. to the very best of their ability and a true belief that no matter how much money there was, they could go and upset the odds because they had this immense pride. And that's what it comes down to, pride. How can you have pride for a club that doesn't represent yourself? I mean, you look at Crawley back at the beginning of the year, they beat Leeds 3-0. Like... With Mark Wright that, playing. Exactly. Like, you don't... Uh, yeah. But, but we, we've got... You won't get those anymore. We've got into this position because teams like Juventus are terrified of getting knocked out by Leon and Porto again. But if you can't beat Leon and Porto, you don't deserve to be in the best matches in the world. You don't deserve to be in the semi-finals. You don't deserve to be in the Champions League finals if you can't beat those yeah. teams. And may yeah, I add, Juventus... Juventus... It just completely annihilates the idea of competition. May may I just add, Juventus 10 years ago, Serie B. Yeah. So if if they had a runaway league before and split off, Juventus may not even be in it. Yeah. yeah. The reality is, you you know, Juventus were never as big as Milan or Madrid, uh, uh, AC Milan or Inter Milan before. They were bigger clubs. We got knocked out of Dinamo Zagreb about a month ago from the Europa League. Like, (laughs) if that, I don't know how that at all, but. Like money aside, that we do not deserve to be in there if we're losing games what, like that. You know, you know the irony is, I genuinely think that with the American influence in this, and this might be a bit conspiracy, but I reckon with the American influence in this whole project, with the fact that the Glazers and you know Liverpool's owners, you know the Americans have had a massive part in this. I think the fact that Spurs have a stadium that works with the NFL and they've had previous associations with the NFL plays a part because the reality oh, yeah, is Stan, Stan Kroenke as well. And I think that is why they're in the Super League. Not because of finances, not because of fan base. I think it purely is because the reality is they've got stadiums that they can go and give to NFL clubs. Yeah. And I, I mean, think I, they'll I, be willing yeah. to work with them. I heard people on Twitter saying that they, the only reason they signed Mourinho was because the Amazon deal would make it a big name to the Amazon deal that, and that would bring same, that, attention that to like America. Alibi. Sounds like a Levy thing. Does sound yeah, like a Levy. It does. And I, I, mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if that was true. But it's just... Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, there's not much more to say than just sighing. It's just... It's so, it feels so defeating seeing this. Yeah. Agreed. Well, look, Pat I mean, uh, probably said it best. So yeah. Sport is not sport when the success is guaranteed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, they just make it so boring. It's it just does. boring. And, and like, yeah, like imagine finishing fifth in the European Super League, but every single team yeah. beneath you is a founding team, so you so go you down. Anyway. Is, is that? I don't know how it works. I honestly, it's just... yeah, because they can't get relegated. So the way the way it's meant to work is if the, the, so five teams on merit go into it for that next year. So like whoever I guess the plan is whoever wins any of the top five leagues will then go into it. Yeah, yeah, but then on, on, yeah, but then on the basis be... of FIFA, UEFA, and all of those just haven't ratified it. It's just never never going to work, yeah. is it? So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, be, yeah, one of those. Realistically, if it was 20, it'd, it'd be like teams like Lille and maybe like Atalanta or something going in there. This, yeah, like to fill, well, fill the gaps or Leicester or West Ham. Yeah, I mean, I I did say a second ago that we didn't deserve it or whatever, but if if, if Everton if ever if, if the top six buggered off and we were left in the league and we won the league next year, I'm going to the Champions League. I'm not going to the European European Super League. Yeah, yeah. 
Agreed. Yeah. Easy. Uh, it's just. I mean, it's just horrible to see. It's just horrible to see. I'm yeah. gonna say one more thing and then I'll be done. Yeah. I reckon everyone should go and support a championship team. I've already got my Cardiff shirt, mate. Love it. Uh, I mean, thankfully, my team has spoken up against it uh, this yeah. morning, which I'm I'm very happy to see. I'm very happy to see them see them taking a very broad stance. Same with Brighton, and I'm sure. I, oh. others, yeah, I'm no, sure. I, I just think I'm just saying this on the basis that the reality is, you know, all these championship teams, League One teams, League Two teams, all these yeah. Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs fans, they all have local teams in these divisions. Yeah. The reality is that otherwise they'd support teams in the Premier League. I think the reality. What needs to happen now is fans just, if they turn their backs on their clubs, need to say, right, I think all the Championship, League One and League Two clubs need to welcome everyone in with open arms. Oh, yeah. It's a massive, massive yeah, thing. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's easy yeah. enough to say that, but, I mean, it's not the case for all those fans. Cause no, no, no. I, I can't have yeah, no. watching that club for years. No, and I'm I not get talking that. about like myself. I'm talking about older fans, like much older fans who've watched that club. They've watched them through the through everything for them to get to success and it's not as easy as just saying oh well it don't matter they're the big six clubs so you can no, go to someone else no, no, and I, mean, I can completely understand yeah. that it's just i think the, the reality is and i think that a lot of people will agree with me on this is supporting a football club is the fact that you feel that yourself you line up with this place this is a place that you belong this is this is a club that represents you and the reality is the second that it doesn't represent you then that's when it's hard to justify and this is where i come into it with championship clubs league one clubs and, and local clubs they all have a role to play now in regards to making people feel welcomed people in their local area sort of reaching out sort of doing community com community programs just finding a way to engage with people so that if they want to support a club and they feel that they can resonate with someone that they go and you know that's where they can go i just think there's a lot of people that are going to be lost because of this and the reality is that i think clubs need to provide this sort of platform to say look if you think you know we we represent you as a person or you could think you can associate with us you're more than welcome here because the reality is those top six clubs have said completely the opposite with what they've done yeah no, so all liverpool fans go support marine i was gonna, um, i mean yeah <laughs> um i mean other, other things did happen this week um um, Man Manchester Blue and London Blue played, but we're not going to be talking about that today. Um, we, we so, can't yeah. touch the, uh, after all, this is a Premier League podcast, thing. and we, we can't talk about. Uh, I mean, we I mean we can give. Should we it's talk just, about Mourinho first? Yeah, we should. Um, so Mourinho got fired the morning after the ESL announcement. Uh, there was a lot of um, talk that he would, he'd taken a stance against it, but. And most of that's been subdued now. Apparently, it's just ruled out by Romano and yeah. Lundstein, right? It, it was the first thing, but it, it, it has been like taken. Yeah. Um, if my team's getting beaten three 0 by Dynamo oh. Zagreb, I'm sacking my manager too. I'm just going to yeah. say to uh, official statement from Bayern Munich. Uh, they've announced and confirmed that they will not join the Super League. They that's can't. The fans Romano. were bad, so. Yeah, I know. I know, but I'm just saying they've act, like they've actually made a statement now. Yeah, like, a proper statement. I know they. We already knew that, but just adding that their president's <laughs> come out and said that. I mean, but I, one thing I am shocked about is, I mean, even if you don't trust Mourinho to an extent, you surely you have to give him the, the Carabao Cup final. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd, have, I'd have given him at least for the end of the season. Like, ah, yeah. where's the fun in that? This is, the timing of this is just awful. We're, we're putting they, somebody they, who's they, never managed higher than the under-18s, I don't think. Somebody who has no managerial experience, like at least Lampard had Derby, and Lampard. I'm not saying Ryan, like I think a lot of Spurs fans like Ryan Mason. Yeah, but he's he's nowhere near got the legacy that Ch Lampard does at Chelsea. Or, like he's not even He's literally got the same kind of legacy as like Harry Winks does right now. You know? Yeah, it's so, like, I think Gabby has got a Liverpool legacy. I, I just I don't understand. There, yes, the results are bad, but. We're replacing uh, what, like two, three time Champions League winner, three time Premier League winner, who yes isn't getting the results right now, but realistically he's 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 a world class manager, like like at his best. We're replacing him with somebody who has no managerial experience. Yeah. Like may as well have just waited till the end of the season, um, sacked him, and then got in somebody else. Do you, do you think 
um, Levy was scared of the damage he could do inside the club after the ESL announcement. Yeah, because I, I, there's been a lot of reactions saying that, oh, because um, all the Spurs fans are really annoyed about us being included or like, yeah. yeah. And people think, because a lot of people were Jose out, a lot of people are believing now that Levy just sacked Jose to get the fans back on his side. Which I think if, I, I I used to not mind Levy. I it was always I was had a, like, I was Levy's never, never been someone that understood yeah. your club anyway though. He yeah. never did anything in the interest of now Levy was one of the chairmen that actually probably started this whole idea of clubs as a business because he's run it so tightly mm. that the reality is that he's taken negotiation and, and where clubs gonna make money over you know your the solo your club. I mean, the reality is he sold out White Hart Lane so you could have American football be played. That's selling out the soul of the club to start with. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they said they'd made the sort of saying they'd made the Mourinho decision before the Everton game on Friday, so it was already in the books that they were going to sack him. Like, yeah, but just wait until Monday, really. It, yeah, I, I, to be fair, I, I wonder. Well, I, I think realistically. It's a case of obviously they've made the decision whether or not they were too busy fo- focusing on the, the Super League discussions and getting that through, or whether or not, to be honest, they may have just looked at it and gone, actually, I think, you know, they're going to get a little bit, of ba- little bit of backlash from Mourinho, maybe the timing with Cup Final, a little bit of hysteria, and just decided, you know what, with everything that's going on, we might as well just put this in as well and it'll just get blown aside. And before you know it, Ryan Mason's in the dugout and no one cares because no one's watching. Can yeah. I just quickly disagree with Sean on the fact that I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. I think he might actually give you a bit of a boost in terms of when a new manager comes in, teams always get a boost, right? Everybody calls it a myth, but like, I mean, uh, Kieran, you can talk about Duncan, Duncan Ferguson. Yeah, he did fantastically. Yeah, like, yeah. But I mean, apparently we saw it at the, the top. Chelsea have seen it under Tuchel. Yeah. Even even Cardiff saw it under Mick McCarthy, right? <laughs> so if Mick McCarthy can do it, Ryan Mason can do it. And I might not be surprised as much oh. if Chelsea, no, if Tottenham win it now. Yeah, I mean, well, well Man City be, have. No, I still think Man City are favourites, but I won't be as surprised as well, I would have been with Tottenham. Yeah, and Man, I also think Man Jose's City, yeah. passed it and has been for about five years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't care what people say. <laughs> like, Manchester City is certainly, um, well, they're beatable now, is what we've seen in the recent weeks, yeah. but. Um, I think, I mean, we saw, I think a lot of the problems with Mourinho was, as it normally always is, um, stuff with the players, from what's been said, they just, none of them saw eye to eye with him or anything, like they were all against him basically, apart from a few players who stayed quieter. Um, so yeah, you could see that maybe they will bounce back and get new momentum under Ryan Mason. Yeah, I'd but... like to think so. Is Ryan Mason now the youngest man to ever take charge of a cup final? She's 29. Nice. Yeah, surely. Like, he, he, Eric Lamella surely. and Matt Doherty are both older than him. Like, yeah, like, say, Hugo Lloris was born Matt five Doherty years have both done it. Younger. Exactly. Should we make oh, yeah. our predictions for the EFL final then? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, well, um, I'm going to be boring. I'll say 3-0 Man City. I don't. I still don't think. I know. I know the boost. I know, but I, uh, they've been I'll trained pick, to defend, and I don't think they're going to do much else. I'll, I'll pick mine last, just because I need a bit of time. To I want to go two-one Man City. I think oh, Spurs will put in a good fight, though. Yeah, that was going to be mine. Um, <laughs> still doing it. Mate. I was going to say Tottenham. I was going to say Tottenham might go one nil up. Um, yeah. I'll go. I'll go one-one. Uh, Man City will win on pens. Well, to be fair, I couldn't care less. But I think if we're going to have, if we're going to have, you know, the Super League preview, we may as well have City, you know, whipping, uh, whipping Tottenham like every other team's going to do. So four 0 City, we'll be fine <laughs> that, with that. Oh, that was, be, uh, oh yeah, go on. Sorry, I'm going to go for the old 2008 <clears throat> optimistic of, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say we're going to take the lead. It's gonna, and then they obviously we're gonna lose the lead because that's just what we do. But then again, it's not Jose anymore, so maybe not. So it'll be basically it'll be one all after extra time or before extra time, and then um, I'm, I'd like to think we're gonna win in extra time. So I'm gonna say two on Tottenham. Fair enough. Well, to be fair, if you get it, if you get it, 
been relevant since. I mean, if I if I if I say two one after extra time, but it's two one to us in normal time, do I still get it? Do I still no. get it? I mean, but if you if you get Manchester if you get Manchester City to penalties, you might stand a chance though. Yeah. I'll just say two one. Yeah, true. Because you've got like two guaranteed goals in Kane and Son, right? And and City don't really have many. Right. Let's Who's going to score those at City? Like, they're terrible. Is De, uh, De Bruyne still injured? Oh, yeah. And Zach Stefan's starting goal City. Good will probably score his. Yeah. And then Jesus will probably sky it because it's Jesus. Sterling will chip it, but like over the bar. Mares <laughs> is so 50-50 on penalties, you could never guess either way. Uh, Yeah, Rodri will probably blaze one, so... I know. Uh, yeah, I'll just say 2-1, two, two, whether that's yeah. before or after extra time. I was going to say, with uh, Will talking about how he did, obviously, well, none of us really are that interested in this game oh, now I, as we I would ge- have been. I genuinely um, couldn't care. I care more about seeing a dog at a park than this game. That's <laughs> a, if, if, it was a, if it was a team that isn't in the top six against Man City, I'd care a lot more. Yeah. Yes. No, yes. Maybe, if it was a team that wasn't in the top six. If it was Leicester, I would, you know, I'd be, be back Leicester. Leicester. I'd be going to Leicester and supporting Leicester in Leicester. Yeah. But, like, the reality is these are two teams that I could absolutely not care about. They've sold out their souls. They don't deserve any attention whatsoever. I think the best scenario would actually be no one watch it, save two hours of your day, and just get on with life as normal. Yeah, no. That's I, my I think that's quite a good way to wrap it all up, really. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah. I mean, I think we're all just angry. On a bit of a positive ages. note, just... you know? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the only time that football's made me th- like upset about something like this. It's it's physically upset me for the last few yeah. days. Cause it's just... Just, it draws uh, some parallels to uh, how Gary Gary Neville rounded off Monday night football last night. Do you see that? He was, um, so they were going through all the fixtures and every, it was all, it was four of the big six and every game he was like, come on, Brighton, come on, Southampton, <laughs> yeah. come on, Villa. I mean, all I'm saying is this, this weekend... I'm focusing on Malaga versus Fuenlabrada on Saturday. I mean, yeah, as I say, I have an Arsenal mate, and we usually watch the games together or, like, online, and um, I guarantee we'll probably both be backing Everton. Um, it's, just, it's just the way it goes right now. This has been a very ranty and discoordinated one but I think it needed to be because I think we all had yeah. too many emotions do, about this. Do, do I get to uh, to fully rein this off now? Oh go ahead you can do the outro this week. Right so the reality is this weekend the sun's probably going to be out you know you can probably go to a pub go to a pub that doesn't play football so I mean spoons they never show anything anyway just go and have a drink have some food you'll have a better Sunday than most Spurs fans would anyway yeah. and with that we'll see I you next week. Right, Adios. Thanks for listening. <laughs>